All right, here we are again for another episode of the Rich Life Projects, and today we've got someone uh, who's a very busy man cooking and preparing the meals. Geordie, the fight dietitian, welcome, my friend. Rich, thanks for getting me on. <laughs> yeah, Rich. <laughs> What's been happening, my friend? Busy, Mate, busy. Busy, yeah. I mean, busy is subjective, right? So um, I'm pretty good on social media to make it look like I'm really busy, but we got a big team and it's uh, it's my jobs. I just do a lot of this and the guys run around and make them look busy. So nah, it's good. Let's go. Obviously, we'll get into who the athletes that you have. Let's get back to when little Geordie was a, a little fella. What was the – how did it come ac- How did it come across – uh, in regards to the liking the nutrition and getting involved in food-wise, uh, especially with athletes. Yeah, long story short, I guess the easiest way to put this is that I was a failed med student. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I wanted to be a doctor before I did all of this. I was enrolled in nutrition because I thought that would be a cool thing to go into med school with. Yeah, right. And I'd, I'd never wanted to do nutrition, but I grew up playing sports. So I always yeah. played sport. I played rugby. I was a mad rugby guy like most young kids. Yep. And I boxed on my off seasons hey, to stay, yeah, yeah, to you stay fit. And then, um, but I wanted to go to med school yep. and I was in pre-med at uni and then you sit an exam to get in and I just could never get past it. Yeah, and right. so as I went through uni, I collected this nutrition degree and I was like, that's cool, but I want to get into med school. And then I kept going did all the med class, blah, blah, blah. And then I did my master's because I didn't get in. I was like, hush, i got to do something with my time. Really? Yeah. Did that. So I did more study and then I didn't get in. And then all of a sudden I'm 21 years old, got two degrees and I don't really want to do nutrition. I don't know. And then I did what most sensible young men do. And I ran off overseas for six months, which turned into two and a half years. Really? Which probably turned out to be the best decision ever because that's where all of this kind of started. Okay. The fight dietitian okay. is, um, I think I went over and left the, the nutrition field. And I think when you're in that mindset, you're studying at uni, it's all like very strict and follow this by the book and protocols. You're in hospitals, you're filling out notes and everything. It's boring. And then I went overseas and phew, it all disappeared. Just, just relax and off and you went. went. And then and then all of a sudden I was in this environment where I was working these nutrition jobs. I got a job at a college. I was like working in sports. Up, but I didn't have this, didn't have these boundaries. And all of a sudden no one was saying, you can't say that. You can't do that. And don't get me wrong, I wasn't going too ludicrous. No, but no. I was like, this is all right. I don't, I don't mind this. This mm. is actually all right. There's a little bit of freedom. And then at the time I was training a lot and I, I was boxing, but then I just started to get into jujitsu. And I started competing and obviously you got to make weight. Yeah. And like all good gyms, like you got to go to the lowest weight class possible. <laughs> so we're all cutting weight. Wow. And that's kind of how this started. Yeah. Okay. It was just like, okay, I've got two degrees in nutrition. Should be a piece of pie. It absolutely wasn't. Yeah. Was really? Like the first time I did it was the worst thing ever. I tried to do it. I think it was 25 pounds, went completely keto, passed out in the bath under the water all <laughs> out. And then, yeah, terrible. But I did that a couple of times and then yeah. I thought, it's got to be a bit more to this. Right? Yeah. It's got, and it's how crazy it is. Me, I've got two degrees. I've got an undergraduate and a master's. I'm meant to be the expert in this area. The brains of it all. And I've got no idea what I'm doing. And then all my teammates at the gym are going, hey, Jordy, you, you're, you're nutrition. You do this. You work with these athletes, college athletes. And I was going, crap. And then I thought, there might be something in this. There might, maybe there's like a little niche. And then that, it's a longer story. Yeah, but then yeah, it yeah. kind of just started the ball rolling and kind of got in. And yeah, I connected with a couple of people and apparently there was a bit of a field in the US, but okay. nothing in Australia. And then New that's Zealand. where you, when you said you got into it, that's where your travel, what parts of the world did you travel when you took your time off? 
from yeah, uni. Yeah, so I was in Canada and I went all through the US and ended up on the other side of Canada and uh, I was teaching, funny enough, I was so broke. I was teaching boxing classes in a gym <laughs> while working and God, they were the worst boxing classes ever. Yeah, it's not so state that, brother. Especially, yeah, mate, yeah. they were the best. I had thousands of people coming along. It's funny because I used to do these marketing things and I'd blast every Friday. I'd send, I don't even think we we're allowed to do it. Like you could send an email to every staff member in the hotel and my <laughs> boss would always get up me and I'd just be like, I think I call it like ultimate cardio boxing. Oh, did you? Funny enough, like it's our job now to keep everyone as fit and healthy as possible. My first class, I'd done so much of this, like not meant to do marketing, just blasting it. <laughs> I got like 50, 60 people showed up to this class. Wow. And, and like I'm a nutritionist. I'm not a personal trainer. Yeah. I was just dead broke. And anyone who's been dead broke, you, <laughs> hey, hey, you do anything survival, for a bit of money. It's called survival. When you got to pay for those bills, you'll do anything for a bit of cash. And I'm going, oh, I'll just, I'll just train these guys. Like, like hey, Rich, you train people. You yeah, can't do that. I did. <laughs> I'm trying to step away from that. I'm that. sick and tired of it. But uh, yeah, understand, understand. Yeah. My first, first class, three people left because they had to go to the emergency medic because they pushed themselves too hard. And I thought- <laughs> I thought, all right, maybe I'm not so good at the training <laughs> side. Maybe the nutrition side is not too bad. But that's kind of, looking back on it, yep. that was the seed that eventually okay. became TFD. Wow. <laughs> so once you once you started that, what was the, I think it was like 2018, you sort of come about with the, the fight dietitian? Yeah, so I actually came back to Australia and I, I met up with a couple of guys in the nutrition space when I was in North America who were working with the UFC and that's where I kind of got the idea. Okay. They were working with guys like Conor McGregor and all these guys and and I was lucky enough to to follow them around a bit and I thought this is this is actually something and then I thought well, you know what not that they they weren't educated they were good at what they did but I thought man those two useless degrees that I got that I absolutely hated up until this point are now very useful because there's lots of things I'm seeing that they're doing that I know could be done better because I know better. the science. And yeah. I thought, you know what? This is a weird thing because I don't think in Australia anyone's really doing this. No. And then I went back and, and funny enough, um, my fiance now, we had just started dating and kudos to her for sticking around because my- I was going to say, because all the traveling and all this traveling now, you're like, I was going to say, are you actually married? Like, <laughs> Well, this was this was my pitch for her when we got back to Oz. <laughs> I went, hey, I've got this great idea. <laughs> I think, I don't even know if this if field exists. If you stick with me, yeah. we'll make I money in 20 years. Don't worry, we'll be dead broke for a couple <laughs> years and you'll, you'll leave your very comfy life in Canada where you get to ski every, you know, ski season, come live with me in my crappy apartment and blah, blah, blah. And then, yeah, she came and stuck around and luckily I, I you know. So she's from goals. Canada? Yeah, she's from okay, Canada. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, that, that was it. And then we came back and then I thought, initially I got back and I was like, gosh, oh, I'm in a lot of debt. I got to actually get a job. So I worked at a sports clinic, did what I was doing in Canada, yep. got a job at a hospital, did the the hospital stuff. But then once I paid off those credit cards and everything, I went, I'm going to give this a crack. Yeah, right. And I thought, let's just go and yeah, hit the ground running. That was about 2018 and haven't yeah. looked back since. And what when you say hit the ground running, who was – because obviously when you get into these businesses, and I've done it myself with pad holding and coaching all that, you, you travel to overseas to the gyms and you go, oh, you're holding pads for free. What, when you hit the ground running, what was the, who was the first sort of uh, notable client you could say? First, first notable one was Ben Newen, Ben 10 MMA. That's right, Ben. Yeah, yes, from, yes. Because he's from Brisbane where I'm That's from. That's right. Oh, okay. And I remember leaving Vegas before I came back home. I was, I was over there again, checking out, like seeing what these American guys are doing and Ben messaged me. He's like, oh man, that's a, that's really cool. Like, are, are you from Oz? And I was like, yeah, I'm from Brisbane. And he just said, oh, I'm from Brisbane, we should catch up and yep. yeah, just went and ended up caught, 
I got a coffee with him and yep. chatted. And I go along with him, really. Yep. I still chat to Ben. Yeah, yeah. Days, you know? no, and, he's um, a great dude. He's a great dude. Yeah, but Ben 10 is, and it kind of, funny enough, it, it, it's funny how this comes full circle. I went to a fight card with him and I met Tyson, so Tyson Pedro, yep. and then ended up working with him. And that's at that same fight card is where I met Eugene, Kai, Ash, okay, because I was always kickboxing. wondering, you know, where you make these connections. Yeah, and, and it was at that fight card. And then funnily enough, um, Kai, his nutritionist that he was working with at the time, Kai's opponent, I think he was meant to fight Ashkan or someone. Yeah, maybe, yeah. One of the Mokotarians and um, they got injured or something and, and they pulled out and they yeah. flew in someone from the US. It happened to be Kai's nutritionist best friend from oh, high school or oh, something. Oh, okay. And so his nutritionist was like, oh, hey, I'm working with this. And Kyle was a bit like, oh, not, yeah. not too cool with that. And yeah. I, I knew this guy and he goes, yeah. oh, well, Geordie's here. He's working with like Ben and Tyson. He knows yeah. what he's doing. And then so I jumped in with Kai. I didn't even really know who Kai was, if I'm being honest. Yeah, but yeah. I, but I just got along with him. We yeah. were cutting weight and having a chat. And I was like, this guy's really cool and yeah. made weight. And then after the fight, went to dinner and met the team, not really knowing who the guy, like I knew if you're in the scene, you know that's who right, I was, but right. like kind of chatting to him. And yeah. Yeah, we just got along, and then I guess that's kind of the, the what really kicked it off. Yeah, what, really the, kicked it the off. Flame under the balloon and shot it up. Yeah, and I suppose when you're spending that much time in um, at the events, and then you're crossing paths with other people, they're going, "What do you do?" or "Who are you?" and then Tyson or Eugene go, "No, that's our nutritionist." Then obviously the connections are made. So is that now you're doing? Obviously you got staff under you. How many athletes on the books would you say you've you've got? Jeez. There's a big question, huh? There's a few. Like, yep. I mean, over the years, we would have gone through thousands, yeah. like thousands of athletes. It's busy. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking, though you guys can't see Jack behind the camera, but he hasn't slept properly in five years. So <laughs> <laughs> everyone says I'm the busiest man. I, I was going to say that. Yeah. I was going to say, damn, that dude looks old. But no. <laughs> he's, he's the, yeah, everyone when they meet him, they go, geez, have you slept? Man, uh, is <laughs> that your for father? Four years, <laughs> yeah, not for four years. Yeah, we, we've got, yeah, quite a lot. But, yeah. but again, it's, um, like you said, everyone just talks, right? You can, social media is a crazy thing. It is, it is. But, but word of mouth, I think, especially in an industry as niche and small as ours, yep. word of mouth. That, that's probably, like that's probably the best promotional side of things is word of mouth. Yeah. Social media, as you know, everyone can post up something and everyone goes, wow, that looks sensational. Behind the scenes, it's probably dog shit. Yeah. But when you're doing your content like you're doing, because I see on the socials you're doing your educational thing, mm. uh, telling other nutritionists their dog shit, uh, a few other things, outspoken, but I love it. <laughs> but, yeah, just those sort of things and the word of mouth gets around and then obviously you're in a camp. Obviously, City Kickboxing is going through this period where they've got champions everywhere. Everyone wants to travel. Same as I've said, I think, to um, a few other people on different podcasts is Jackson Winklejohn went through the same mm. They were sort of like the in place 10 years ago where, man, St. Pierre, everyone was there because that was the fighters, Jim, when Greg Jackson was there, Winkle John, all that. And now it's gone, you know, all the champions are starting to retire. Now all the, you know, city kickboxing is just that premier gym. And Eugene, if I get him on a podcast, he's, he's to me, he's one of the the IQ of that, that dude with a fight game and strategies. Uh, I, I really respect him in regards to that. So being a part of that team, that must, again, drive your sort of motivation to see these guys succeed in what you're professional at. Yeah, it's that old saying. I think Dan Hooker said it, a rising tide raises all ships, right? 
100%. And uh, like attracts like. Like you get the right people in the room and everyone's on the same mission towards the same path. It's like a really beautiful thing. And that's something I'll forever be grateful for. Yep. Like I could have landed in many different teams and, you know, I could have ended up in the States somewhere with a team, but I'm very glad that I did land with City Kickboxing. And when I was there, it was kind of, they weren't the City Kickboxing we we know and love today, right? Like yeah, I remember yeah. the old gym that they had and it was way yeah, smaller. Because I remember Eugene, um, he was under Lolo, I think, for yeah, a lot yeah. of years. Lolo was Mark Hunt's trainer for a lot of years. And then Eugene went uh, out on his own. And I think even Eugene had some fights when I was reading back, he had some fights back in his day too. But he's coaching just the IQ of that that guy is – and when you get guys like that who are leaders and then you get the other trainers who are – and I think Mike and I think Doug Viney, they've been around uh, Eugene for a lot of years. Obviously, being an old bastard like me, I've been in the game for like 25 years. So seeing those guys progress but just have that, as you say, that community and when you get the trust – especially when it comes to food is, is probably a big thing because if you're all giving them food and they're not making weight and something's going wrong, then obviously you're not going to spend too much time there. You're going to be probably out the back door. But that must be very important and motivating for you when you get these guys on weight uh, and especially the big names that you have. Yeah, absolutely. And I think more so than anything, like I love working with the guys for a lot of reasons, but like I said, when I started this way back in the day, like I just I had two degrees and I didn't know what I was doing. So like what hope does everyone else have? Like good luck trying to make weight yeah. safely. And that was a big goal of ours is I want to try and get this message out to as many people as possible. My, my first biggest goal was by two years time, I want TFD to have touched every gym in Australia and New Zealand and had had a positive impact. Yep. And I think working with the Israel Adesanya's, the Alexander Volkanovsky's, Kai Kai of France, yeah, it's good. And it does validate that, yeah, we're doing something right. But yep. More importantly, it puts us on that podium where these guys can shout that message out. Like I can say it as much as I want. hundred percent. But if when Alex got, and Israel say it, a lot right. more people hear it. So that's yep. probably, that's lots of good reasons again to work with these guys. Yep. That's by far the thing that I value the most about. Yep. And I'm most appreciative of them is that they get to send our message all around the yeah, world. Yeah, yeah. And that's, and obviously your brand building up and, and, and so forth. What's the, um, what's the, when you're first starting off, the trials and tribulations of, you know, some, some stories where you thought, you know, this, we're on weight, we're doing things. Has anything gone wrong? Obviously everything goes wrong at some stage, but can, is there one moment that you went, fuck, what happened? What's going on? There's a few, eh? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just we thinking, only need which, one. Which one do we disclose? Um, and don't, I mean, don't we, go down to we, the we've had We've had a couple, like, I mean, we kind of have a saying, like, if fight week's going right, that means fight week's going wrong because everything should go wrong in fight week. You okay. can plan ahead, but yep. it's always weird. I think the best one, and I think we've seen this recently with the UFC, is the scales, right? The, yeah, we yeah. call it the scales game. It's something yeah. we openly discuss, but I've had so many times as athletes where you calibrate a scale and then something happens and then you get on weight, you think you're on weight, yep. and then it's, you know, you meant to weigh in at 9 a.m. and you got the two hours or whatever and you go down at 8.50 they or eight fifty nine. They jump on. They go, "Hey, crap! We stuffed up, and we still got two pounds to go." And then it's like, "Oh my god, we yeah. got two pounds to get this!" And you're running the maths in your head. And you know, I've taken guys down. He cuts off hard cut off at eleven a.m. And I've run down at ten fifty nine a.m. with these guys just on weight, and like we didn't have time to check on the check scale. 
and then you put them on. And so just like, and just that that fuck that must be the the old heartbeat going fast. Yeah, going. yeah. You can oh. do all the breathing exercise you want in that situation. <laughs> and the old Wim Hof comes into it. But um, we've had some. I've had some crazy ones, especially like back in the day before I had all the guys with yeah. me helping me out. Like I remember one card. I was still cutting weight. We used to do these crazy ones where I would be in the sauna because it was a big thing for us that we wanted to be with the athletes. I think that was something that in the industry, yep. the coaches would kind of take over, but we always said, no, we want to be in with them to take them through that process, show them how to do it better, which kind of, that's probably why Jack looked like he's 50, you know, like 100%. we spent so much time. Wish we could sauna. put the camera on him. Yeah. <laughs> but um, and I think one, one, I think it was a Melbourne fight card years ago. Like we did 24 hours straight of just back-to-back cuts with like 12 athletes Wow. Or something. I remember I was like in between all of that, I, th- I think it was Pedro or some, one of the bigger boys yeah. who wa- wasn't cutting that much and he wanted breakfast before. And I was like in this delirious. Sure, it wasn't like Thai? Yeah, might, might have been Thai. He, he doesn't mind a bit of food, that's oh, for sure. Bruh. But um, I was in this delirious dehydrated state and then, then they're blowing up my phone going, hey bro, can I get some food? And I went, yeah, yeah, for sure. And I remember running back to the room, kind of being like, what can I mix him up? I've got to get back to this room, this room. And I remember just going, Cutting, cutting, going, okay, like, what can I do? I need to get this going, 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 going. And I went, oh. And then I just looked down and I'd cut I was gonna say, down here. You're probably going to get a finger. And I just went, oh, no, 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 no. And you know when you take it off and it's quite deep and it, it doesn't come for a bit? And I went, oh, okay, maybe it's not that bad. And oh. as soon as I said that, it just went, oh, <laughs> just went no everywhere. Way. And I'm just going, I've got four, five, six hours of weight cuts to do. And then I was like, oh, shit. And then I'm cooking Tyson's food. So I'm wrapping this thing up and then whoever's food it was made this dish and like trying not to get blood on it, dropped him off, ran into this other room, text someone else. Hey, can you set this room up and get this ready? I remember going into that room, doing this weight cut and I managed to, I think, I don't know. I should ask this guy if I, if he ever noticed in my mind, he didn't notice, but I was delirious. Who knows? (laughs) But I remember when he left the room, I went back in to clean it up and it looked like Texas chainsaw massacre. Really? Like it was so <laughs> bad. There's blood everywhere. And I would, I remember having this big talk with his coach, him saying he was very skeptical at the time being like, Oh, like who's this guy? Should we let him in the weight cut room? Yeah, I don't know what's right. going on. Yep. And then he stayed out and he came in afterwards to like check in and he said, and he just looked at me and I remember he just looked in the room and there's just towels ever steaming, just blood all say- over the room <laughs> in his face. I'll never forget. He just looked at me and just shook his head, turned around and walked over. I went, I'm never working with these guys wow. again. But I did. I ended up working with them for years. Yeah, so. yeah. So all the athletes that you got now and you're working with, you must see obviously when it comes to food because when they're not eating and they're fucking craving for food, you must you must see a lot of change in a in an athlete personality, so to speak. Because you see everyone when they're obviously full and they're eating, they're all happy go lucky. But when it comes to fuck, I'm draining and and it gets to the dangerous part, you must see a lot of changes in, in the athlete. Do you think, and do you think, what's your thoughts on this, this cutting weight? What's. Yeah, I guess like firstly, yeah, you do see changes. Everyone kind of handles it a bit differently. Some guys cut weight really well and then cut a lot of weight really well and they handle it. Other guys, you just take a little bit of food away and they turn into Godzilla. Yeah, it's like right. Jesus Christ. But I guess where I'm at now with the whole cutting weight thing, I know it's very, like it's, it's a big topic of debate, right? But. I think we need to appreciate some people can do it and some yeah. people can't. Like if, I don't want to get too sciencey, but like a bell curve, right? It's like where most things in science sit on a bell curve where most people sit in the middle of this yeah. thing and then there's always like these outliers down here. And I think through professional sport at the UFC and like the guys we work with, you're probably dealing with those outliers down here, right? Like yeah. you, just through years of training, there's a filtering system and we've ended up with these guys. But unfortunately, 
a lot of the guys in the middle watch what we do and watch these guys and then think, hey, I could probably cut weight like Alex Volkanovsky or Israel yeah, Adesanya. Yeah. And you go, you probably can't yeah, because you're probably that person. And I think when it comes to cutting weight, you need to have the skill set and the ability to be able to identify that and be able to identify the people up here where yeah. it's like, okay, you can lose a pretty good amount of weight and not turn into Godzilla. You, you'll probably, you know, I'll cut your calories by 300 and you'll turn into an absolute prick. I'm yeah. not dealing with you. Yeah, but yeah, you right. need to be able to, you need to be able to assess that. I was, yeah, I was and I think say, the yeah. assessment part of it, like cutting weight, you can do safely. There is a safe way to do it. And I think we've proven that. Yep. But you need to know how to apply all the science to the individual because for some people, if you're on the other end of that, it can be really dangerous. You can don't even have to cut lots of weight and yep. it can be really dangerous. So that assessment and being able to figure out who is in yep. which category yep. and being able to say yes, no, and maybe, and then uh, no, this way, that way is yep. really, really important. Yeah. I think that's what trips a lot of people up is they see these guys down here, but realistically they're here. Yeah, right. And what when it gets to that weight cutting because it's such a big issue and what's what's some of the damage? I mean, you're getting if young fighters or, or people are uh, listening and watching this, What's what's the some of the ramifications of if you're not cutting weight properly? And, you know, because some people go, oh, you know, as you said, oh, I'm going to cut like Alex or Israel and I'm going to try and just do it myself but just try and copy what they're doing and and they do it wrong. What's, you know, some of the ramifications on that, what, what's sort of in the body-wise, what, what can actually happen? I wish we had a camera. We could turn it to Jack and say oh, he spends a lot of time in the sauna. Look, he's going to look like Jack, yeah, he's, he's copying it. it. He's copying it. But um, no, it's bad. You Obviously know, death, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people can die and people have died. And um, the crazy thing now is that it, combat sports is a big thing. And whenever there's a lot of eyes on it, the sports science always lags behind the sport. Yeah. And now we're, the sports science is coming into combat sports. So we're seeing all these nerdy guys in the lab actually taking people, not doing full-blown weight cuts, but even yeah. just doing parts of it, and we're seeing what's happening in their body. Yeah. We're seeing the damage that it can do to your kidneys long-term. We're seeing the damage it can do to your liver. It's seeing the damage that it can take fluid out of your brain. Fuck. And there's a lot of things that can go pretty bad. We see hormones just drop, you know, liver function, kidney function, all of those things when you're going down and you're pushing those extreme physiological limits. Yeah. It's not a, not a good thing for your body. And then you think, these guys are doing this before they lock a cage, jump in a ring, go on a mat. That's that's probably the scariest thing. Beat the shit out of each other. Like I think it's crazy that as a prerequisite to the most dangerous sport on planet Earth, you do something that's questionably more dangerous than the sport than itself. The actual, yeah, that's that's a good point. That's a good point. Well, especially when they drop all that weight, they're re- they're really not. And you, then you see, like, because I mean, I remember when Rob Whitaker was fighting at a very light weight, and he was like, "Yeah, no, I'm gonna." Because everyone, when I was going around, and especially traveling around, you'd always see the athletes trying to lose as much weight, thinking in their head that that's going to give them the advantage, you know, because they're going to fight someone, and when they p- pack all the weight back on, then they got the advantage of being bigger. But obviously, people like yourself are proving that you can do the weight cut properly getting to that stage, you still get down to the weight you want and still have those advantages. Is that, is, do you still see other athletes that, that are not with you still going through that stage where they're trying to get as light as possible, to try, thinking in their head that they're going to get the advantage over the next person? 
Yeah, for sure. Like you see it all the time. I think we're, we almost get boxed in where we are because I think we've got such a good presence in Australia, New Zealand. And I think I've, you know, I've, I've somewhat thought sometimes and been like, oh, we're really changing this. And, and to an extent, I think we are in our little corner of the world, but then I'll fly somewhere in the world and I'll see people and I'm not singling out, but you see some Chinese athletes, Russian athletes that just, again, the sports science hasn't caught up in yeah, those okay. parts of the world. Yeah, really. And they're doing crazy things to their body that, you know, they're in the sweatsuits and they're running and days on end, but five days before they're cutting out all water and doing like a water taper and just absolutely slaughtering their body. And again, they're doing all of this before they get in a cage or a ring or whatever to go fight another human. And it's just, as far as the science is going and as much as we're learning about how to do this better and, you yeah. know, how to get much more of a performance benefit from doing this properly, there is still, the reality is, is there's so much of it still happening. That's bad. And that's really just down to education. Yep. Yeah, and that's obviously, are you looking at in the future, obviously you've got such a busy schedule with what you're doing hands-on, are you going to branch off and try and do some educational things, travelling around doing educational seminars or, or whatever? Yeah, yeah, we've put a big focus on it. So what we want to do is, is create a platform, which is what we're building out now, where, say, practitioners, coaches, athletes can kind of come to and get this information. Like we're, I've collabed on a book that we're releasing in about, two months for about two years, just collecting data and my experiences with the top level guys, but also th those other guys at the other end of the spectrum being like, this is how you identify if this is for you. And this is what yeah. you have to do. Because at the end of the day, I think when it comes to weight cutting, you can make all the real changes you want. You can yeah. say, we'll put weigh-ins here. Well, you can't do this. You can't wear a sauna, you know, just as well yeah, as I yeah. do, Rich. Yep. Rules are made to be broken yeah, in these guys' minds. So it like doesn't matter what you tell them to do. How matter. you change this is culture change on the gym level. Yep. And that starts with educating and showing these guys it works. And I think we're in a cool position because we've got these top level guys and we've shown it works. But like you said, now it's about how do we package that up in education and yep. get it out to the masses. So we're definitely going to be working on that. Yep. The boys are making it hard with these this travel schedule, but we're definitely uh, working on it. So how, how much, I know, as you say, travel schedule is fucking hectic. How, how many, how much travel realistically, you, you personally, do you go to every event? Because it's, I wouldn't say it's a just a, a new business because you've been around since like the 2018-ish, but are you at this point still the one traveling around making sure everything's yeah, for, Spot on. for certain athletes, I'll be there. But um, like I think last year I did, I think I did ten international yep. camps. So that means we finished the camp overseas for the the fight week. Jack, how many did you do? like? Yeah, probably half a dozen or something like that yep. overseas with athletes. And we got a couple other guys in the team that were training up to do that, and they did a couple as well. So yep. it's a lot for one person. But obviously, I got a really good team, and yep. they're really supportive, and they're about. But again, it's like they've been with me for years yeah, yeah, and, okay. and they've, you know, been trained up in this and work with some of the best athletes ever. And yep. now they're at a point where they can go do that. So we're hoping that that will free up our time where we can educate and bring on more people in the team and help this and branch it out. Because yeah, like I keep saying, the only way you really change this yeah. is getting hands on with the guys and educating at the gym level. But, yeah. Yeah. And what, how many staff have you got working on obviously around the clock, especially when it comes fight week or uh, traveling? Cause in, in a camp, do you really, you're in that whole camp the whole time with the food? I don't, we don't go in. We'll, we'll work with them for the eight weeks before and then it's usually a week or two they'll fly us over wherever they are and then we'll start cooking and really okay. dialing it back in. But okay. And we've got four dietitians on the team, but like for fight weeks like this, I think we've got 
10 people out here in the team, 10 people. And that comprises of, you know, chefs. We've got dietitians. We've yep. got support staff out here. Are they all your staff? Yeah, they're all guys that are working for us. So okay. Yeah, and then you obviously schedule. got uh, one of the best food players, TikTok Nutrition. Yeah. TikTok, shout out there, brother. <laughs> Which helped, obviously, Mark when he was in his camp with against Gallon. You know, he loved the food. I ate more of it than him. But, <laughs> but yeah, just people like that with the staff that you got, Obviously, then it's obviously big expenses to go with that. So, mm. you know, traveling everywhere you go. Do you actually take the the miso when you when you do go traveling, mm. or she stays at home? No, no. She she someone's got to hold it down at home. And um, and she come all the way from Canada. Then I she's know. Got to well, stay this is in the Australia. thing. I bought, I bought all the way from Canada and then just started jetting off. But no, like uh. It is a pretty tra- like heavy travel schedule. Like you've seen, even you've been yeah, involved yeah, with it for twenty years, Rich. Like you know what these five yeah, weeks. And are I like. and They're I just, pay attention to what you're doing. Yeah, manic, uh, a right. lot. So I see fuck, every time I oh fuck, he's popped up there or the, there he is there. Yeah. Or I think even if I brought her along, she'd probably want to go home. To be honest, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I suppose really. it get, gets to that because you can't do anything. It's not like you can go. Oh, let's go out for a cruise today or anything like. Especially yeah, when you're. It's it's funny. We always talk about in the team because obviously like. We're bagging social media earlier, and all, but you have to do it, right? Like yeah, it's, dead it's right. we have to do it, and that's why we've got the videographers with us. Yeah. But it's funny the lens that you show the world and you show everyone the cool side of it, but they don't show us, you know, getting up at four a.m. every morning and then to be there for the breakfast drop off, and then we're all training. We've all, yeah. you know, guys training ourselves, so we're doing two three hours of training a day, and then we're getting in for the lunch thing, and then we're staying up late till you know do dinners at eight nine o'clock, and you're operating on three four hours sleep and. We're doing, you know, other things. We've got other people involved in our business that we need to go cater to. So yeah. we're off doing meetings and client calls and everything else. Well, they don't that see makes all me of that. Tired just thinking about that. Yeah, I'll fall asleep so right now. So what you watch on the on the socials, like it looks really cool. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Everyone that, goes, oh, I can be a I can be a dietitian. This is easy. Yeah, absolutely. And don't like it's very. That's just the game we're playing. But it, it's tough work. And, yeah, it's really, and I'm very appreciative of the guys that they put up with it. You yeah. know, it's it's not for everyone. And it, it's a tough game to be in but yeah. like that's fighting right like yeah. everyone who's involved with fighting kind of has that mindset and mentality and like i said like attracts like so yeah it it helps you know knowing that yeah it's tough for us but what are the athletes going through yeah it's nothing yeah. compared to them yeah right? def- definitely so you're doing obviously the australian australian sort of market with the fighters and the new zealand um that you see your your logo popping up everywhere so that's that's a good thing that everyone's sort of getting behind that what um overseas wise what what sort of um clients at the moment fighters athletes that you got overseas yeah we we've actually got a lot of international i think jack was saying that he was um i can't remember where he said he was in the world but he um had this group was it from sweden or something a group of athletes from sweden or something yeah dutch or something came up to him and they go oh Oh, TFD, you, you, I really love that podcast. Those guys are, you know, they're great. You know, they I actually used a lot of that info to help me cutting weight. And okay. it's funny how often that happens. You yeah. know, we get, I've had people from Germany. I've had people from all across Asia. I think Jack was just out in Phuket and did a seminar and all these people from it. And we didn't realize how much of a presence we had over there. And yeah, right. North America, yeah, quite a lot, which is cool. But again, it's the, the beauty of being online. We're, and again, we're bragging social media, but that's, that's how you get that's this mass double reach, ed- right? So, double-edged sword, yeah. Yeah, lot, lots of, um, yeah, combat athletes from overseas. But, but to be honest, Rich, we get a lot of athletes now. I, I personally, I think combat sports, when we're talking in terms of performance nutrition, is the most difficult puzzle to solve in all of nutrition science. Yeah. And the cool thing that I've learned from solving that puzzle is that you can apply that to different sports. And I'm not discrediting different sports. No, don't no. get me wrong. They're all, they're all yeah. tough in their own way. 
but making weight is one of the most intricately difficult things you can do. And once you do that, you can apply those principles to so many other different sports. And because not many people do this and, and yeah. see that insight, we're finding that we're getting more and more athletes, you know, NRL, AFL, we're getting a lot of endurance runners, we're getting sailors, jockeys, all of these different guys yeah. come into us because we have these really cool insights from here and they apply really well across to all these different sports. So we're finding more and more that, it's, you know, it's not just this combat sports yeah, not nutrition machine yeah. we've built. It's this really this big performance nutrition beast at a whole. Yeah, right. And have you got like a, as you say, you're growing the business. Where where are you actually based at? Still in, in Brisbane? Yeah, so I'm based in Brisbane. So there was a little bit of strategy behind this. We tried to pocket people all around Australia just so we can have So Jack's based in Melbourne, looks after a lot of the guys down there. We've got someone on the Gold Coast. I've never seen him down there. You know, <laughs> I'm running Melbourne at the moment, yeah, so I've yeah, never yeah, seen yeah, you yeah, there, brother. I've never got a meal either, so yeah. I don't know what's going on. As you can see, I'll probably need some cutting weight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but then we've got, um, we've got um, someone out here in Perth as well, so we're trying to set up everything. But it's all online, right? Again, the beauty of it. So we get this big reach, but try to keep so it's because it's nice. It's nice doing this, right? Catching yeah. up in person every yeah, now and definitely, then with the definitely. guys. I, yeah, I, I, that's probably one of the best parts why I actually done the start of the podcast because I thought I don't I'll never see anyone. So when I do say, Oh, well, let's go and have a chat and we'll talk talk some business. But the the ones obviously I get on, I want to know what they're doing personally and obviously, you know, you see the your business just thriving all the time. What's the what's the vision obviously you're, you're trying to do what you're doing at the moment with the fighters what's your what's your vision for your your business in the future because obviously you get to the stage and you go look we're achieving all this but what is there is there something else that that's a goal or motivating yeah i think i've thought about this a lot and if i could find an anti-aging cream for the guys that i and just give Jack, it back to us <laughs> no we're giving him a lot but <laughs> Nah, I, you know what, to be honest, Rich, I think what I'm realizing now is that the more sports we get involved with, it's not just fighters that go through this with all these problems, right? And the more that we're involved with these other sports, we're realizing that, you know, there's a lot of issues there that we could probably help solve. If we've done this in the amount of time that we've done in the combat community, like what could we do if we branch this out to other sports? And that's a big focus of ours. And we, we had a big meeting at the end of last year, big strategic meeting over the next 24 months. And that's a big thing is that, you know, we want to be the best sports nutrition, performance nutrition company across Australia and New Zealand and take it worldwide because I really do believe that our team has a skill set that yeah. no one else in the country has. And we've done things with legit top level athletes that have never been done before, before yep. we put these principles into play. And now more so than ever, I know for a fact that these principles work and I want to take them into different sports and show them that, hey, look, there's probably a better way to go about your performance nutrition and your performance as a whole. And we're very, very lucky now. We've got this huge network of other yeah, yeah. professionals we can bring in and we can incorporate this whole package and really help Australian sport. Because I guess going back to all of this, when talking about like being a young fella yeah. as an Aussie, you love sport and how much of an impact did sport have in your life growing yeah. up? And it's cool to kind of come full circle and think now I've got this opportunity where I can really give back. And yeah, these yeah. young guys coming up that I can give them something that I never had growing up playing rugby, playing cricket yeah. or whatever, and yeah. getting into boxing. I want to be able to offer them the experience and the knowledge and the expertise that was never available for me. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that must be motivating to you and, and obviously keeps you, keeps you motivated all the time when you're at that stage where you're like, I'm actually making a massive impact in top level sport. 
especially where you come from and you had thoughts and you hated nutrition at one stage and next minute you're one of the leading leading companies leading per, uh, persons who is is making a difference in the in sport today that must be that must be a bit of a buzz sometimes when you do get to stop and and see the results you must go fuck that's you know fuck I'm doing some good stuff it's funny me and Jack were just talking about this in the, in the car as we were we were dropping off something and he kind of said he's like we need to sit back and have a bit of a reflection because Remember four years ago when we were doing this, how chaotic that was, and then looking at what this fight week looks like. And like, don't get me wrong, me and Jack are working hard, but yeah, we're not 100%. working nearly as hard as yeah, what we did back used then. To be, yeah, yeah, yeah right. Used to be crazy. And how thankful we are to have the team and be connected with all these people, and you know, be able to have the time to come and do things like yeah, this. Yeah. Because back in the day, it just wasn't. So it's cool once you do stop. Yep. And you sit back and look at it, and I think that's just a, a testimony of the community we're in. You know, that's just not that's us. Right, that's yeah. guys like Eugene Bearman and the and city kickboxing, they've done huge things for us, but it is nice, right? Like, yep. and I think first and foremost, that, that mission that we set so many years yeah, ago, yeah. I want to get this education and, and help all these athletes. It's cool to sit back and then have people come up to you and say, Hey, I, I love your podcast. I love that post yep. that really helped me. I stopped doing this and yep. started doing this because of that. And that's really rewarding. Yeah. And, and especially these days, the importance of staff that you have because, you know, once COVID finished and everyone was getting paid from the government, no one wants to work anymore. So to have the loyalty, as you say, of Jack and, and other crew, that's probably a most important part as well, the loyalty and, and the, I suppose, the commitment of of your guys that you've been around for a lot of years, which makes a massive difference to your business, doesn't it? Oh, massively. It's like it's just as much their business as it is mine. Like I couldn't have done it. Like I wouldn't have been able to do any of this without Jack. It's yep. just as much as same with all the other guys on the team. It's just it's impossible to do. Yeah. It's like I said, like a, a rising tide raises all ships. And yep. the vision that we have for the company that we want to move forward doesn't work if it's just me trying to push this no, car no. forward. Like we need yep. everyone. They've all got a role. And the way I see it, it's just as much their little product and their baby as it is mine. And yep. I think we've got a really good environment and that's the benefit of being around all these high performance coaches and leaders like Eugene Behrman and Joe yeah. Lopez. I can just observe and lead. And I've, I've learned so much on how to be a good leader and how to inspire action from people in your community and in your team yeah. just from being around those guys. So yeah, nothing that we do, you yeah. can't do that without these no, guys 100%. and they give it 110% every single day. So yeah. Yeah, it's really, really awesome to sit back and even think about that. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And what the, just a question with water, like the water loading. There's always a question around water loading. What, what's your views, and how do you go about with boxers, fighters when they water load? Because I've been with a few fighters myself where they're just drinking guzzling water and water, water for two or three days straight. What, what's your thoughts on all that? Because I don't know, I've never known the answer, but I've always been intrigued to ask yeah. someone who actually knows. I don't know if I've got the the best answer. I guess from my experience is you're probably drinking too much. Yeah. Most people just, and even anyone, any size, they just generic go eight liters, which is a bit random, I think. Yeah. I think the best way to go about water loading, Rich, if you drink three liters a day and the whole physiological adaptation you want from water loading in a short sentence is to get your body passing more fluid, like peeing more. Yep then you drinking, say, three and a half liters probably won't do heaps. It's not that much of an increase from your normal. Yep. But say you increasing that by 50% to four and a half liters or maybe even doubling that to six liters yep. will probably achieve that. Yeah. 
you know, if you, that's where I think a lot of people trip up is say, Rich, you drink one liter during the day and then fight week rolls around and then you go, I want to go eight liters. And that's, you know, such uh, a dramatic increase. If I, done percentage that, brother, I tell you, I would be pissing all the time. I, I tell you what, That'd back in the day, I had plenty of, plenty of athletes piss their pants on the way to training. <laughs> really? <laughs> we were playing yeah. around with these water loading protocols. I think now I don't go nearly as aggressive with making them drink so much. I yeah, think okay. if you know what they're drinking and they're hydrating properly around training and camp, yep. We just do like a percentage increase of that yep. because in theory, the physiology that we think happens, yep. you don't have to go crazy. You just have to increase it by a certain percentage yep. and then reduce it down and it's far less stressful. Yeah. I mean, like I've done it. Like I've, I've yeah. done water loading a lot and it's horrible. Like I've, I don't know if I say this, like I've recorded a podcast myself yep. and pissed my pants Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I, I can't get out of it. And yeah. I'm like, oh, this is the dumbest thing to book in when I'm getting ready for a comp <laughs> on Saturday. So yeah, it, it's rough, but that was like the old school and you would have seen it rich. Like, yeah. Let's just drink, drink eight liters for 10 days and you go, oh, yeah, why not? Yeah. Oh, these days I'm, I'm too old these days, bro. I drank a little <laughs> bit of water. Fuck, uh, toilet boys. Sorry about that. <laughs> but yeah, I get what you mean. Have you, have you been across any nutritionists or dietitians that you've come across when you're with an athlete and then you see them working and think to yourself, what the fuck are they doing? Yeah. I mean, you're always going to get a few. You don't have to name names, names yeah, obviously. Probably, but to be fair, Jack, it's probably, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This guy. <laughs> probably not. The nutritionist, to be fair, if they're getting in this space, yep. like the UFCPI are really good and they release a lot of free information. So there's a lot there. And then not sound like a, a wank job, but like mm. a lot of them will probably follow us and just copy what we do, 100%, yeah. which is great. And why wouldn't you? Yeah, it means if they're doing something right. right. I'm so just if, them. If you see it, there's a funny, like me and Jack were talking about this, funny when you see other people around, you're like, that's doing it. It's like, isn't that cool that this message is getting out and they're doing it? Yeah. I think there's probably, I don't know if they're nutritionists, but again, there's certain regions in the world where obviously the algorithm doesn't push our stuff out. No, so no. maybe it gets a bit lost and they do some pretty wild things. Like they do some pretty crazy things. Even at UFC events, you've seen them. Yeah. I've seen guys in a sauna suit, in a bathtub, trying yeah. to sweat and just like, to me, it makes no sense. But obviously in whatever culture they're coming from, that's, that's how right. they've always done it. Yeah. It's worked. So why change what's always worked? And guys just running on the treadmill like endlessly or doing hard pad rounds at the end of the, oh. the fight week, crazy things like that. Or just yeah. in the sauna, I think guys in the sauna holding the door and, you know, yeah, crazy stuff. But I wouldn't say it's any one person in particular, but I'd say most people who are in our space now, I think yeah. the sports evolve so much that you kind of can't do that. It catches up. And I've definitely noticed that over the last couple of years, if you're behind on that, Maybe five, 10 years ago, you'd get away with it. But now, like, you'd see Rich, like, there's kids Mate. 10 years old. By the time they're 20, they've got 12, 13 years experience. That's like almost master level 100%. at MMA. Yeah, yeah. And so their skill level is so huge. Yep. So they, and then they get their nutrition right, strength, conditioning, recovery. And you've got this 22 year old kid who's just an absolute weapon. Weapon, yeah. You can't be skipping the beat. You nah. can't be locking yourself in a sauna and, you know, eating cakes all week long. It's yeah. just the game's evolving too fast. So yep. I think. We're seeing less and less of it, but certain pockets of the world are definitely a few, few yeah. decades behind. Yeah, right, right. That's crazy. And that's been – so at the end of the day, and and uh, your vision is obviously doing that with the athletes. Personally-wise, what's Geordie's what's Geordie, at present now before we finish up? What, what's Geordie's rich life? What what really – and doesn't people not talk about money or anything like that, but what – what makes you happy and what's your rich life right now at present? 
Jack's going to hate that I say this, but I, I got into running recently. I think a lot of people got into running in COVID, right? Yep. And I was one of those guys that absolutely hated it. And I hated running for a lot. I think cutting weight did it for me, always running <laughs> in the sauna suits and whatnot. But that's, I think running gave me a platform where I learned to breathe properly. Okay. And it gave me a lot of time to think in my own mind. Yep. And I think over the last couple of years where like the business and my life and everything has been quite chaotic, yeah. that's giving me a platform and a space where I can control the madness. And that's just my space. And I think that time period when I'm out running in the trails or, you know, early morning when no one's around, the running's fine, but it's more that space where it's just, it's quiet and you can sit with yourself. I think that's where I find myself being most happy and like most people, yeah. like you said, you can have all the money in the world and all of this, but really means nothing yeah. in the bigger picture of it all. And I think those moments when I'm out there running and you're controlling your breath and everything's quiet and, you know, there's the stars in yeah. the night and you hear yep. the birds chirping and it's just yep. you and your own thoughts and yep. you really sort a lot of things out yeah. and you find it in yourself, I think. Doing that and the ability to learn how to do that and reflect on things has made a lot of big problems, yeah. little problems. Yeah, and a true. lot of things that I probably didn't appreciate a lot make me really appreciate it. So, yeah, yeah I guess, yeah, that's kind of been the most important thing I've done and learned yeah. over the last couple of years is yeah. just getting in that space and sitting back and reflecting and going, you know what, like, don't yeah. worry about that yeah. and focus on this. This yeah, is more yeah. important. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Running to me is just, it's like uh, it just frees me up. I get to think, I get to breathe, I just get to run. So it's I'm, I'm with you on that one. So, mate, I just want to thank you for your time because I know you're hell busy this week uh, in fight week. And, uh, mate, I just want to appreciate what you're doing for the fighters because obviously your education, your hard work that you're doing, but also, um, you know, thank you for coming on the uh, Rich Life Projects and, it's been educational for me, that's for sure. This has been the the best part of the week so far. He's uh, hey. getting away from me. I kind of don't want to leave if I'm being honest. And paying out Jack. Yeah, oh, exactly. Hey. How good is that? Hey. <laughs> Cheers, Rich. Nah, appreciate it, brother.